Hey, nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Dungeons and Dragons and Magic. Stupid, mindless bad. There will definitely be some that That's probably our best. That, that's, that's, our, that's our best project. feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. Hey, Geeks! Blue Samurai here, and I'm with... Rebeculous. And... I'm still Paul. Yeah. And we're in episode 74. 74. Woo! Yes, now, what's really strange about that is we've already done 10 episodes uh, after 74, because <laughs> it was Dragonflight and OrcaCon, and uh, yeah, and here we are now. So it's kind of like 74 point something. 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 It's like something. Subset. Plus. It's our streaming yeah. Geeks of Cascadia Plus. Yeah, we're we're well over, uh, I think we're over 100, I think, total. I think so. Well, if we count the Orcacon Orcapod podcast, we're, we're, yeah, we're way yeah, over Yeah, yeah, we're way over that. Man, if this were TV, that would mean our ratings were awesome and the audience loves us, and that's why we're renewed year after year after year. Exactly. Well, but it's a podcast. Yeah. But uh, I know um, you missed us out there, all you listeners and subscribers. Make sure that uh, you tell everyone that we're on all the streaming platforms. Uh, and that you can contact us at geeksofcascadia at gmail.com or Facebook us at Geeks of Cascadia or Twitter us at Geeks of Cascadia. I think we have other platforms. Or shine your GOC light in the sky like Batman and we will come to your house. Yes, yes. We are on Instagram, however, and three people will get this joke. I'm worse at Instagram than Andrew Segunda. Yeah, I didn't get the I joke. hear the three people <laughs> laughing now. Mm-hmm. So, let's get into it. What about con news? Con news. Con, 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 well, con news, we news, 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 con. news. Yes. We'll do a little bit of a recap there. Um, it was, as you might imagine, lightly attended. I saw no live orcas, as I was promised. Well, they always promised, but you could always believe Yes, us. there was a... I wish there were more people. We had a snowstorm, we had a flooded freeway, we mm-hmm. had a closed border, and we had an Omicron thing going on. Yes, mm-hmm. not I mean, good. It wasn't, it was, mm-hmm. you know, could have been worse. I don't think you could have gotten any worse. Well, you're probably right. Yeah, it was bad. But... Everyone was in good spirits, <laughs> Things though, are turning around. Like, it was yeah. a good yeah. it was yeah. a good feeling, yeah. still, you being there. You got to go do the car wars thing that you like to do. Yes, I love doing that. I'm so glad my friends were with me when <laughs> I did it. Gosh, boy, I really mm-hmm. wanted to be there. I really did. You're going to be there next yeah, time. Next time. <laughs> Dragonflight. Yeah. Where were you? What were you doing, Paul? I was busy. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Um... <laughs> What else do we got going on, well, man? you know what? There's not much coming up here because, again, um, conventions aren't doing that well. Hmm. The next thing coming up is GameStorm in Portland, Oregon. Oh. It's a board game convention, and it's March 24th through 27th. We need to send um, a roving reporter down there. Rebeculous, I think, uh, yes. will be there. Yes. I'm too busy. Traveling? To do that sort of thing. Me? Traveling? Yeah, yeah you're going there. Remember, we uh, we make a lot of money off this podcast, and we got to spend. So I'm going to get yes. to use the uh, official uh, Geeks of Cascadia van and limo yes. service yes. Oh, and credit card. credit card. Yes, credit card. Yes, then it's I'll on a post-it. 
Well, uh, other than I guess uh, since we don't have a lot of con news for you out there, the good news is things are getting better, so I think we'll start seeing yes. more cons pop up. But yeah. we've got um, a little bit of uh, tabletop game news, starting with our Kickstarter stuff, uh, so take it away. Thank you, and pardon me if I adjust the microphone here. So, uh, you know... I try and keep it to actual tabletop games and not really RPGs because there's so much news about RPGs. And I like yeah. the I like the card games and the little, you know, those kinds of things. So I found this one out of Stuttgart, Germany. Yeah. Uh, Dionysus Games. Shut up. Um, and this uh, guy named Andreas. And <laughs> the title of the game is Gluty Bear. Gluty. G-L-U-T-Y. Gluty Bear. And the Worst Truck. And worst is, uh, what is it, Paul? It's a sausage, isn't it? It's worst. It's the worst yes. track. Oh, yo, I get it. I thought you would, since okay, you're so into sausage, sausage parties, I thought that would be a thing you would like. <laughs> I made castaway the sausage today. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so there's nine days left to uh, donate to this, probably still a, f- a few days by the time okay. you get this put up. And um, this was the cutest little game. It is a game with seven cards only, very portable. Um, it's three to four players. He specifically mentioned that it's a great bar game because it's super portable. Excellent. Yeah. And and it looks just cute as can be. You get uh, you get cards with, there are two bun cards, like bread, like rolls, two forks, a bear claw, and a worst, a sausage card. Nice. And it's just a game of blind trading. Talk, it takes about three minutes per round. And if you draw the bear card, you get to eat. And if you draw, if the bear draws a sausage, then he's happy and you get a point. And if he draws a bun... He is gluten intolerant, and he, oh, and he no. loses a point. So. Oh, no. <laughs> Poor thing. And this guy, I actually uh, uh, scrolled down to his other games. Um, he's really, his goal for these games is to talk about um, human encroachment on wildlife. Okay. And that's cool. what all of them are kind of based on. They're all yeah. funny. They're all cute. Uh, one of them is called a Kraken in the Chicken Coop, and one of them is called a Walrus Goes Ice Fishing. Um, I'm sure there's elements of... You know, real oh crap, losing all our icebergs yeah. and whatnot, yeah. but also yeah. probably cute. So, so I like that. I like that bottom. Anyway, uh, Gluty Bear and the worst, the worst truck. Mm. <laughs> um, all right, tab number two, Crabs in a Bucket by uh, Blue Rondo Games from Irvine, California. There's worse places to have crabs. Mm-hmm. That's true. Oh, what were you snickering at, Blue Samurai? You just rather have them in a bucket. That's okay. All. <laughs> Oh, you boys. So uh, so Crabs in a Bucket looked pretty cute, and it has 28 days more to go. Um, it's actually fully funded, but, uh, you know, you get lots of stuff. You get lots of extra stuff. So basically the first person, cute, cute graphics, cute uh, minimal um, game pieces, just cards, 5 to 15 minutes, 2 to 6 players, and the first one to uh, fill your bucket full of crabs wins. Um, there's a nifty little video. It's kind of too much to talk about here. There's a lot of stuff, but, um, it's cute and it's crabs in a bucket. I don't know. I feel like I was going to say something more, but don't let that stop you from getting crabs in a bucket. Uh, floating floors. This one was kind of neat. That is, uh, uh, Guff Studios, Stella, Carl, and Mark created floating floors and, it is, uh, it's out of Melbourne, Australia. Should I do this all in my no, Australian accent? No, no, okay. Don't, don't do that. All right. Um, so you got these tiles, and you're supposed to move your little ninja meeple across these tiles, but the tiles are built on 
you're building your own tiles and your opponent's building your tiles and they're off balance or they're balanced however you build them you don't know how your opponent's built theirs and so when you're traveling on your opponent's tile if if the balance is lost and you slide off then you have to start over and your opponent can rebuild one of your tiles so you point is you don't know what's balanced or what's even and it's just kind of cute i know it's it's subtle it looks like a tiny little kids game and then the more you kind of play it the more you realize you need a strategy and uh oh and one of the things that i looked up for this it's called it says here, Floating Floors is a tactical game of balance and cunning where players face off against other ninjas, creating stable paths to recover their own stolen Banson seals. I thought this was like seals, like the, you know, so I looked up, I looked up Banson. I couldn't find it. I think it's, I think it's, I don't know what it is. If you guys know, please call Still Paul and let me know. Mm -hmm. I got, I got, there's a meteorologist for Fox News named Banson. And then there's a dentist in Michigan named um banson but it has nothing to do with those we two. should contact them you I should know. contact them. i know yes. i know okay. anyway so um so if you want to know what the banson seals are i don't like, know buy this game of michigan mm-hmm. it is my homeland thank you for acknowledging and then an honorable mention to the classic game of go fish uh uh from the uk it is um go fish the national sea life center and because it's from england they spell it Center sentry with the oh, E. Wow. I love that. Oh, yes. I love when they mm-hmm. switch things around. It's so cute. Uh, anyway, it's just this uh, educational this card game. This gal Charlotte, uh, one of her first games. She uh, illustrated it. She did these cute little cartoons. She lived in Birmingham her whole life, and she's gone to this uh, uh, National Science and Learning Center aquarium in Birmingham, and that's what these cards are based on. And of course, when you buy this game, contributes to all types of good things wildlife aquatic charities and all the good things that's great and uh yeah so um it's just all her beautifully illustrated cards for go fish and again portable little card game right up my alley made for bars if we ever go to bars again soon do bars still exist soon soon well then thank you for that tabletop game news uh so a little bit of mainstream tabletop game news we got games work sharp 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 it's shop game works shop previews new runes for fry slayers so check that out the games fire Fire. Fire. that's right it is fire slayers you want help with the reading you You can act it out and i'll read it my glasses and it is not good for me yeah i don't know where they're at would you like to use mine uh no. Okay. Not the ones you're wearing now? No. No, oh. that's not going to help me. Really? Okay. It is. Uh, Detective Rummy, now available from WizKids. If you like crime, if you like Rummy, I guess, go like check rum. that out. Um, also, we have... Oh, now, you might have to help me with this one. This is hard to pronounce. So, uh, new Aldari, Aldari Craft, available, available for, for Aeronautica Imperialis. 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 Yes. Now, I know that's part of 40K. Uh, I have always been bad at the pronunciations on some of this stuff. but uh, You have your other strengths. I that's know. Right. Yes. I know. It just it just hurts when I can't pronounce some it's of this okay. stuff. It's okay. We're laughing with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, also, next wave of Critical Role minis available from WizKids. And if you've been watching Vox... M- M- Machina. Oh, my God. What's wrong with me? Um... So maybe you want to uh, buy some of those. I don't know. So does, does the cartoon start with like 15 minutes of ads? I don't know. Uh, clearly you have feelings about that and uh, you want to share with other people. <laughs> um, so also from WizKids, 
a Sahagan warban, or I've heard it from different pronunciations, Sahagan. Uh, just say it fast. Like you own it. Just, uh, if only you knew anyone that worked at Wizards. But if you could go to, uh, what's that uh, module? Um, Salt Marsh, right? Goes to Salt Marsh, they might have an actual better pronunciation because I've heard it from different ways. You're just trying to cover the fact that you don't know how I don't to pronounce know, no, it. Okay. I always say Sawagan. I, I, I also heard Sahuagan. I think that's Sahuagan? Why H would it be Sahuagan? G oh. and the N. Spelled like Sahag- uh, it Sahagan. It is spelled. We're going to find out right here live. S-A-H-A-U-G-I-N. Yes. We're gonna hit live. On that show, we're going to find out how it's really how it really wow. sounds. Wow. Wow. Real time. S-A-U-G-I-N. S-A-H-A-U-G-I-N. Yes. Sahagan. Or Sahuagan. God, this is this is like it. the most suspenseful one of our shows has ever been. Like this is riveting. Yeah, this is good. Right yeah. here. Watch Paul wait for the Watch internet light. wheel to spin. With D and D Beyond, you can yeah, get the exactly. They have the pronunciations. I bet all our listeners. <gasps> it's Sahuagan. Oh, so all right. Like Hooligan. So check out Sahuagan Warband available from WizKids. <laughs> get it now. Now that you know, you're just gonna say it. I am over and over. Sahuagan. It's my new favorite word. Uh, speaking of Sahuagin, <laughs> how what segue are you about to make? I don't know. I'm, I I'm just know. I, I'm just trying to make up stuff. Um, actually, I have nothing that has anything to do with Sahuagin, but uh, I do want to talk about our next guest coming up. Is Paul a, and I talked to him. Is he a Sahuagin? Along with our special guest Angela. Yes. Oh, yeah. His name is Justin Hilarities. Yes. And he created a great game. Well, he's in the middle of creating a great game. Mm-hmm. He's playtesting it. He was with Playtest Northwest, right? Yep. Um, called Biome Borneo. I really love that game. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, it was a little, at first, a little complicated for me, only because I wasn't paying attention it's very one, well. <laughs> it's, one, it's one of those games where you, yeah. you just have to play it. Yeah. No, it was good. When, it it yeah. took me about... He explained it really well. I, I mean, I got into it. It took me about maybe 10 minutes or so, and then I started understanding it. You just got it, It's really cool because you're in this, um, you're in Borneo, obviously, and um, you're building a habitat, and then you're have, putting creatures, like little bugs in there, and then and then you have creatures that eat the bugs, and yep. then and then a I bigger would, creature, any bugs an apex mind. predator, eats mm. the, that mm. Yeah. Animal that eats Can you bugs, make whatever yeah. animal the apex predator that you want? No, there's cars um, that, are, yeah. that are native to Mars. You can't make it up. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry. But you it's a good did, game. I like it. You go into it during the interview. Now, did you like it still, Paul? Because I understand you hate the Earth. You've always told me I you do, hated I, the I Earth. I hate the Earth, but I do like Borneo quite a bit. And I love yeah. Justin. He is, uh, if you're just listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. please bring up the YouTube for a minute because he is a beautiful, beautiful person. Still, Paul has a crush on him. I have a bit of a crush. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love the game. Uh, I, I can't remember. Well, I guess in the interview, he talks about when he when he might be kickstarting this thing and yeah, when he's getting off the ground. The, like early spring, I think, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Yeah. The, my big regret is we couldn't stay longer because we, we only had so many minutes. Uh, but uh, it was pretty fun. Yeah, we had a meeting we had to get to. Yeah. Stupid, stupid meeting. Well, since I wasn't there, can I please hear this interview? Oh, sure. Sure. Can we do that? Let's go straight to um, Justin. Hey, geeks. 
Guess what? We have a game designer in, like we usually do. Um, we have Justin Hilarities. Yes, I got the name right. Um, Paul and I stumbled across a really awesome game here at OrcaCon, and it is called Biome Borneo. Biome Borneo. Biome Borneo. Biome Borneo is correct. Thank you. Thank you. I am very sorry I screwed that up. We are good. But it was a very, very fun game. I had a really good time. And as you know, on this show, we like to bring in um, people from uh, the community, the tabletop gaming community, who are bringing out these new games. And we had the privilege of playing this game. And I think soon um, you're going to hear about Justin. The whole world will know about Justin. He'll be famous. And then when he moves on from here, when he moves on from here, he's going to forget about us. Yes. I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't. But he is here. Justin, welcome to our show. Thank you. Thank you for bringing me on. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed playing um, playing the game with you guys. I, I, they give me too much credit. I did not explain it beautifully. And they, they figured it out on their own. So well done. Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, Justin, real quick, uh, why don't you give us the elevator pitch of your game? Yeah. Um, so Biome Borneo, this was a game that was created during the pandemic, probably like many other recent games. Um, it has been an evolution, which I think is very fitting for the game title. Um, it, overall, it's an eco-friendly game. Um, the setting is in Borneo. Uh, we have partnered with uh, Project Borneo, which is an NGO that focuses on conservation work and animal rehabilitation wow. in Borneo, and we're focusing our um, at least a certain percentage of each game to go th to them. So within that theme, we want to make board games that uh, give back is really our theme. Um, one thing that called out to us about Borneo, and maybe the reason we chose it, is um, you know initially, like many game designers, you know we started out with mechanics, but we were really feeling like a game that focused on the rainforest itself would be a very interesting angle. And it was hard at first because we were focused on particular animals, but then we pretty soon were finding we didn't want to have to choose between animals. <laughs> and so when we chose the rainforest, we got all the animals with it. Awesome. Um, and then, uh, you know, as we, you know, as our story started to develop and we, we, you know, created different partnerships, we began to discover what, you know, the importance of Borneo is altogether. It's uh, the world's oldest rainforest. Um, it's an island, so it's it had time to, to, to evolve all on its own, which means the animals you find there are um, absolutely unique. You will not find any of those animals anywhere else in the world. Um, so we were absolutely impressed by it. I didn't know this, but they are dealing with a deforestation rate that is unparalleled. Oh. I think 80% of the island has been uh, oh. deforested. Unfortunately, it's just not on the radar for Western countries because it's just not yeah. It's just not in our in, in our vision. I mean, we hear a bit more about the Amazon. Don't get me wrong. All rainforests are having issues right now. Um, but it seems a bit disproportionate. So when we met the CEO and after we've, you know, had several conversations developed this, we love the idea of seeing where we can make a difference. Awesome. Wow. So tell us how this game originally, like, go back in time, the Wayback Machine. Um, what spurred this idea? Yeah, um, well, to, yeah, go ahead. Do you mean the idea for the design of the gameplay? Isn't that 
like yeah. seed. Yeah, the seed. Yeah. yeah, the seed. Like, what what spurred you? Like, oh, I'm going to do this oh, game. Oh, the aha moment, right? Yes, yes yeah. the aha moment. Yes, yeah. Yes. After much failure, I remember, uh, <laughs> so I have two other partners I have to give them mention. So David Polito is one of the co-founders of this game. Uh, Sierra Hilarity's same last name. She's my sister. She's amazing. Um, she's been instrumental in all the marketing aspects of it, and it took a long time to get her on board. Uh, yeah. So I, f- I, I found she is my harshest critic, and just the fact that awesome. we got her on board to me says that we were getting somewhere. That's great. Um, but our aha moment for me was we were trying to create a pelican game <laughs> where we'd fly pelicans around, land eggs, and I love the idea I in my too. head. <laughs> and the moment I remember I brought it out, it was just met with this silence. <laughs> you were trying to pitch your sister. Right. I was trying to pitch my sister, and it was just met with this silence, and it was like, you know, Justin, I can tell that you've been trying hard. <laughs> and I remember she's like, I just don't think you know, you're quite there. And yeah. I remember I, I went home and of course you take the evening uh, shower of shame where you're just sort of like showering and you're like, you know what? That really, really, I, I'm at a low right now because I thought I was landing somewhere. And I remember having this moment where I'm like, I, I just felt like I was hitting my head against a wall. And I just realized, I was like, maybe I'm just not focusing on the right thing. Yeah. And I, I knew that I was heading the right direction but I remember just thinking about a rainforest. I'm like, okay, break it down to its basics. Like, what does everything rely on? And it was just, it, it was like a flood of unlock, unlock thought that unlocked another thought. And wow. it was like, it was okay. like, what if you can rearrange the forest? Yeah. You know, what if you can create patterns and designs that then would then allow and invite animals in instead mm-hmm. of trying to be the animals? Yeah. And that, that was like a real aha moment. And then, uh, you know, from there, you know, it's me at home with pizza boxes, cutting them out, <laughs> making first wow. prototypes, the first one. And we got really drawn to this idea too of creating, you know, 3D games. And the idea for our, you know, right now our mantra is we wanna, you know, um, we wanna explore the unknown making uniquely crafted experiences. And so, you know, we came up with that later. But, but I remember at that time we were like, how cool would it be to have a 3D playing surface? Yeah. You know, we even had it, you know, on a rotation device. We de- designed the whole thing out. And so, you know, it's funny how you get to this point where you create something brilliant and then it's like, you need to break this down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's all beautiful and well, but, you know, re- the true complexity is in simplicity. Yes. And that's, I think that was the other really major turning point for us is when we really got honest with ourselves and said, okay, there's a lot of like neat and fancy things and frills you can attach to this, but how do we really break this down and get it as simple as possible mm-hmm. yet as complex, almost like how DNA would build, yeah. you know, endless complexity with four letters. Yeah. That's so that I- was kind of our process. That's wonderful. You know, we, we talked to a lot of game designers and, um, they go through this long process and they have, you know, folks to support them. I'm glad you've got your sister, you got family there to, to support you. Um, so in this game and how you developed it, how long did it take from start to finish and how many iterations did you have before you got to the final, um, final product? So you start with Pelicans. Uh, which obviously was a disaster. Complete disaster. And then, then you went home and cried in the shower. Absolutely. And you thought about this yeah. genius idea. Uh, talk to us about, about that. Yeah. Um, overall, it's probably been about a year in development. 
Um, I have lost track of the number of iterations, but I can count my cardboard ones. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember we did a pan shot of different ones, and I there are at least five absolutely distinct iterations oh, wow. um, mm-hmm. that we went through where I told everyone, this is it. This is the final copy. <laughs> was it always tile building? Or was there other mechanics involved? Uh, no, at some point early on, we settled on the tile building part of it. And so that, that was a, a concrete feature. Um, and in fact, early on, we, we were pretty settled on that. But the thing that I would say got attached later was where we, um, we knew we wanted to earn animals. And I, w- I would say I was kind of the author of that one where you arrange rainforest to earn animals. But it was um, the other designer, my you know, co-designer, David, um, who really said, you know what? We haven't done enough with these animal chains. We yeah. have a lot of room to now build diversity and animals that depend in relationships and then our NGO is critical for that. And I love this relationship with the NGO. I don't want to do a donation model. I want it to be like equitably, right? We both you yeah. know, work with each other. We do something that makes sense for us, makes something. That's the only way things last in the long run. And I remember they would, you know, they give us critical information. Like we, we'd show them the game. They go, oh, that animal doesn't exist here. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, oh my God. Uh, it, it's, a, you it's know, it's, <laughs> it is, it is. But other points, he's like, wow, I love this animal. And he had a funny story <laughs> about like, you know, t- he, he'd take like volunteers. And he's like, oh, yeah, I bet you wouldn't know this. But these ants are, giant ants are super, you know, crazy for salt. There's no salt out there. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll tell the guys, you know, go to the bathroom over by the tree and they'll get attacked by a swarm of giant ants. Oh, yeah. that, wow. you know, they're not. They're not harmful. It's just it's like an apocalyptic scene. And so there's been a lot of fun learning, too, in this process. And um, that's been, I think, for us, the thing that, that, that keeps us, you know, moving and growing in this and not, you know, getting completely tired of it because it's been a year yeah. is uh, as long as you feel like you're still growing and you're moving. Yeah. And that th- there's no end to it with this game. One thing, um, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, once you completed it, uh, the, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I played it one time. <laughs> had a great time. So you yeah. you have, let's say, the the board, if you will, or, or the place you're going to play, which is basically the the area, right? And then you you put down kind of an environment. So let's say, um, and these are hex, um, hexes, right? And they'll have like certain plants or whatever, uh, whatever environment that a particular animal, let's say ants, live off of. So I would put that tile down. And put down the we call the primary right the primary exactly. animal yep. say ants we put that down and it kind of grows from there where you put different tiles and then pretty soon who's eating the ants well some some primate is eating the ants and then it keeps on going until there's mm-hmm. a alpha predator and then every time you add one of those those different animals that's where the points come in is that that I is exactly that right. it. you nailed it yep right so in this whole process while you're developing the game and just so you know, Justin, there's a lot of like very nerdy mechanical. This is the Nerds Nerd podcast <laughs> yes, on tabletop uh-huh. gaming design. So, were there elements to the game that you had to throw away? It's like, oh man, this is really cool, but we got to keep it just simple. Is it? Is there something you can give us? Maybe you can't, because I mm-hmm. understand you got you got a Kickstarter coming up. But is there something you can tell us that maybe you would like to put back in? Uh, maybe we'll see it later or mm. something like man I really wanted it but we just had to take it out thank you excellent yeah 
Excellent question. Uh, one thing that I loved is one of my earlier prototypes, we built a true three-dimensional environment. Oh, we wow. had okay. <laughs> our, bo our, our board game was actually set up maybe even about six inches off the table. Okay. Um, there were trees sticking through it. Um, the thing was set on sort of a lazy Susan mechanism. And I love the dynamic of it because yeah. you could sit there, you could spin the thing. <laughs> and I finally had one brilliant playtester play the thing. And he's like, I'm going to be honest with you, Justin. He's like, it looks cool, but I can't lose track of where my playing pieces are. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it kind of hurt a little bit. And mm -hmm. I, I, I really struggled. And even, you know, mm -hmm. Sierra, she's like, she's a she's really good with design. She's like, Justin, I have to tell you. She's like, I know you're, you're hooked to this and you're, yeah. you want this, but... But I think you got to simplify it a little bit. Yeah. Wow. And so that was tough for me to give up on a personal level because yeah. I'm like, I'm like, but what's left of me if it's gone? And uh, mm -hmm. but how, once, yeah. How long did it take you to to then re you know rework that? Because that it, yeah. It, that was the game for you, right? Totally, totally. Um, and this is where I don't know anymore. Of, you can only claim yourself as a brilliant designer to a point. Um, and, and it's certainly not brilliant because what you got to do is surround yourself with brilliant people. Yes. And that's the secret, right? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I had several people, like, even when I took that thing apart, took the trees off and put it on the board, they're like, hey, Justin, like, you know, it's cool. Like, we had all of these, like, uh, pieces that fixed in this larger piece. Like, why don't you just take that larger piece off? Then all the pieces are free form. Yeah. And I was like... <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, right. that's brilliant. So, Thank you. So basically, you had multiple yeah. times in the shower crying. Yes, yes. Over you, over Go back to failure. the shower. Go back to the shower. Failure. You got to sort things out there. Yeah. <laughs> they can't see the tears. It was, uh, right. Yeah. So do you um, tell us about how you, we've talked a lot of game designers where they develop their like uh, prototypical, uh, like, you know, is like whether it be like taking playing cards or um, taking pieces from other games. What did you use to kind of build the structure of your game before you actually decided, hey, I'm going to actually design real pieces? Oh, yeah. Uh, probably the hex-shaped pieces were the first thing to come. Um, didn't Albert Einstein say that genius is hiding your sources? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure. we Like, everyone's played Catan. Everyone's yeah. played, like, you know, some sort of deck-building game. And so mm -hmm. what I can say is that I, I didn't grow up as somebody who was like an avid game player. Yeah. And so maybe that might have been helpful in one tiny little sense. And that was like, when I started designing it, I wasn't patterning it off anyone's game. It was more like I was just trying to get from point A, point a to point B. And oh. I was like, oh, that didn't work. Try this, try this, try this. So in some ways, I reinvented every single wheel along the way. I'm sure all these very, very amazing games influenced me. I'm more than certain mm -hmm. of it. But there weren't really anything that I particularly had taken. Um, but I did have suggestions from different play testers who were like, oh, why don't you add like a card gallery element? And that is to, you know, make more playing cards available. And I was yeah. like, that's a great suggestion. Now, they got that from somewhere, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And then there would be like other icon pieces. And I'm like, oh, why don't we do that? And I'm like, okay, that, that probably came from a different game than yeah. I've seen it before. So, yeah, we're all totally ripoffs of a million different games, well, it's, for it's, sure. It's really cool how it's, how it's <clears throat> excuse me, multi-level, multi-colored in the hexes they put your hexes in. Yeah. That, that, I found that to be very interesting. You have to pay attention to your, the right. colors of the hexes that you're playing and yeah. putting them where they belong. And there's some that can go in two different hexes. Right. And so that was super cool. So once you develop the game and you put it out for play testing. How long did it take for the play testing to finalize and 
what did what came back from the play? Mm-hmm. T- I, I assume it was the the three D modeling. Uh, but what mechanically was there anything that you had to change? Yeah, um, trying to think about that. I would say absolute refinement of our tile rules because I think initially uh, the tile mechanism mechanisms are definitely the hardest part of the game, and I think when we started out we were much more rigid on it. But what happens is it what theoretically you have in your head for people to do isn't what people like to do. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that was the point at which someone was like, you know, I, I feel a little bit restricted. Why can't I do this? And, and then, then we'd have to go back to the board and go like, honestly, why can't they do that? It's yeah. like, I don't know. I think we just said that they couldn't. Yeah. And, and then, but then the other times where like I wanted for, I'll just give one example. Like um, it was like, why can't you lay a tile and earn two animals off of it? And that was a tough one because I was like, yeah, why couldn't you? Yeah. You know, no one like, <laughs> yeah, well, why Justin? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> go take a sad set shower again (laughs) i'm gonna take a cold shower this time yeah seriously um and you know on that one it was like we'd go and we'd try it and it it just didn't work as well but there's no reason why you couldn't and so we're still in a process where every once in a while i'm like i don't know we just had to make a judgment call and make a decision uh yeah and call it that way but there's no what i'm starting to realize is maybe the end of your design is when you just run out of changes where it affects things too much yeah yes (laughs) Yeah. I don't know when to call it quits. Yeah. So I have a question um, more on the overall, uh, I guess, rules and instructions. Because I have uh, two kids, and I noticed that when I was introducing games to them, that I had to actually count how many steps that they had to remember in their head. Yeah. Right? To right. layer in, like, mm-hmm. I had to break down that complexity. So for your game, did mm-hmm. you have a number in your head as far as, you know, um, what you considered is too complex versus that, you know, simple? Right, Or is it something that just evolved? No, no, that definitely did not just evolve. That was something that had to be very intentional. Um, And so initially, um, I think we had it as like a three-step process, Um, but it's a lot of stuff for people to remember, especially when it comes to refilling, you know, resetting each time. Um, and so we had to be very mindful about that. And in fact, it was some influencers that got back to us and like, you know, I would enjoy your game except this, this, and this. Yeah. Right. And it was honest and it was like, it kind of sucked, but we're like, you know, yeah. they're right. Yeah. 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 We got to make this thing simple. And so there were some things that I think maybe we'd prefer a little bit of a different way, but we got to go with how people like what they're inclined to act even before they're thinking about it. Yeah. And not fight that. You you raise a really good question um, because the last thing game designers have talked about on our show that has been difficult, two things is one is how do we get the art? The art is the most expensive thing. Where do we go to find that? We had one game designer who was also an artist, so the costs were really low for them. (laughs) Very convenient. But also, um, you're right, the instruction. And who did you get to write that? Did you have to go outside? Did you write it yourself? How'd you edit it? Because... For a lot of game designers, it's like, all right, I got the product, but how am I going to explain this in simplest terms, right? Yeah. No one likes to read instructions. No, 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 no one. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, that that's still our, our current like challenge. So we're on our next version of the rule book. I, I'm finding there's no shortcuts. We don't. We're doing it ourselves is the short yeah. answer. Yeah. We feel like we have the capacity among ourselves to write it. Um, but you just have to keep presenting it to people and getting really, really like, like, no, 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 don't tell me it's nice. Like, tell me what's wrong with it. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what you have to keep seeking out. And it, I don't, I don't like any of it, but it's necessary. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. in, in the art, how did you get the art and everything? And that is a combination of, um, so again, I'm, we, I lucked out that our other partner, Sierra, is a marketing graphic designer. Oh, wears nice. multiple hats. Okay, yeah. But, but, but uh, we're credited to do. She, she frames the whole thing, but mm -hmm. our artist is out of Utah. Her name is Missy Ames. She does travel art, and we basically contracted her to do a bunch of art that she's never done before, and she did amazingly well. It's good. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So all of the animals and everything is literally her inspiration, and I, we're going to try and hang on to her. Awesome. <laughs> so um, just a little bit more context on the bigger picture of our game. Biome is, we're intending this to be a series of games. Biome Borneo is the first. It's the pilot. We're taking it to different locations across the world. We want to keep this model of partnering in conservation with each place with a unique conservation partnership. Um, the next place we're probably going to is where we're talking about going to Alaska. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. Partly because, um, and this feeds into the next mini topic, which is that we're seeking to make our game out of like eco-friendly, bio-friendly materials. Um, we're also trying to do this locally, um, and we want this we want this region to be a hub for making games out of basically. A, I think this is the right region to be doing this sort of yes. thing. So we're experimenting with, um, well, we have a pathway right now, and it, it's cost effective uh, for using recycled plastics. We have sourcing, and this is through uh, Net Your Problem in Ballard, a phenomenal organization. Mm -hmm. They're able to sell this. They have a recycling center in Vancouver, BC. I'm just saying all mm -hmm. the components are there. Wow. Um, there's manufacturers, even Select and Everett, mm -hmm. that we're talking to. They've oh, given us great. a reasonable quote. The, the hardest part with injection molding of these mm -hmm. plastics is the molding process, and there's some unique things that we can do yeah. if you mm -hmm. partner with universities who are all about this. Okay. So I'm saying there are mm -hmm. opportunities here, and we're trying to just align it because, mm -hmm. we're, to me, a success is not just getting our game out there. In order to get buy-in from manufacturers in the area, there have to be enough games to hit a threshold. Yeah, definitely. And I right. think if it's... If it meets like that cost-effective point for game designers, I think it's going to unlock this area yeah. for doing more. What I really love is the fact that you're putting out a game that promotes the environment, biodiversity, and at the same time, you're you're like saying, "Hey, we're game. Our game is going to be designed that way. We're going to respect the environment by by you know putting in these recycled materials and all that." And one thing about game designers that have talked on our show, one of the big costs and the hurdle is, and you just mentioned it, is like, okay, we got the idea and everything. How do we make it? How do we physically make the box? How do we physically make the pieces? And, and, and obviously you told us what the end result was, but for game designers out there that are, that are listening and want to design their game, where did you go to find this information? Uh, there's no information. <laughs> Here's the deal. I, You're we, screwed, everybody. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, was, I, I was very, honestly, this came out of frustration, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. because we, we had an idea. We loved it. We thought, mm -hmm. okay, we'll start a little game design company, and right, you just send it to someone to make it. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. there's been a lot of changes lately. No one's getting their games, yeah. even if they get it for the price that they want, not anytime mm -hmm. soon. Uh, container went up from $3,000 to $18,000, oh, which is going to wow. completely change the game. So even yeah. if you can have it made at price, and then not only that, chipboard is in complete shortages. I don't uh -huh. even think you can get access to it if you didn't buy it three months ago. Yeah. Think about how many games are made of it. So yeah. we're reaching a little bit of a crisis scenario where I'm like, we're going to have to shift. No, everyone's going to have to oh, shift, yeah. right? Um, and so just at a survival, I'm mm -hmm. kind of like, we got to figure something out. 
Yeah. We have to. Well, and the other thing is I can't we can't survive as just one board game. Yeah. Trying to do it. Yeah. Right? I can forge a path, but what they are gonna need is they're gonna need like, well, great, like but you're I mean what do you? How many do you expect to make? I'm like maybe I don't know two thousand on a Kickstarter. Yeah. For these yeah. for these manufacturers, that's like nothing. Yeah. They, they, right, they need right, like yeah. promises, and they need exactly. So to really make this thing happen, we're gonna need a number of games, and we're gonna have to have it make sense for them. Right. Yeah. Right. It has to be competitive, and it has to be. Some people will pay a little bit more money if they can get it much, much, much sooner. Yeah. And so that's the type of thing that we're dealing with. Um, we're even, you know, toying around with this idea of, you know, not every game plastics is the right approach. And so, uh, and, and unfortunately, buyers are used to a particular material, and yeah. they're not ready to, like, feel out a whole bunch of new mm -hmm. weird materials. So the closest thing I could find was using mycelium, and that's mushroom. Okay. And combining mm -hmm. it with, like, different, like, sort of, like, bioresins. And bioresins are kind of a new thing that came out recently. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of room, I think, for trying, but you... To, to, in order to manufacture here, you have to be disrupted. You have to do things that are dirt cheap and nobody else is doing. Yeah. So yeah. are people coming to you, your, your circle of mm -hmm. friends, with these ideas? Like, how, how did you come think about, oh, you know, we could just take mycelium and plug it, you know, put it with resin? It, it's called ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> and I have enough of it. No, I, no, no. honestly, it's because I have a, a you know, my brother-in-law is actually a mushroom grower. He works out of Israel. And so he, okay. oh, he wow. talked my ear off about mushrooms for years and years and years. And I just sat there. I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. <laughs> wow. And then finally one day I'm just like, he was right. <laughs> and I, it, it's like, that's where the idea came from. It, it's like, literally, it, it, he's, mm -hmm. he's hilarious. He's an absolutely funny person, so it wasn't like it was painful to listen yeah. to him. Right. But uh, he must have planted a seed, huh? yeah. no pun intended. Mm -hmm. But, but uh, it, it put me down a, tra a track of thinking, and I started realizing, mm -hmm. I'm like, the Northwest is like the mushroom center of the freaking oh, yeah. world. Yes. Yeah. And yes. I'm like, we have all the components, just no one's put it together mm -hmm. yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm another, not saying it's, it's easy. Right. Another, uh, it's business, another yeah. business opportunity. That's right. That's yeah. right. I don't know. Um, so we have the pieces, but I'm not going to be honest with you. It's really hard. It's hard to figure out. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I just, I'm like, it's just messy and I'm just trying stuff. Yeah. And so awesome. for us, we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're doing a lot and I don't know how much will be mm -hmm. successful, just like my own game design. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I figure it's worth it because if we can do it, oh my gosh, it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? You might be reinventing an industry. Yeah. I, I oh, think no. it could be a trend. Yeah. I think yeah. it could be a trend. Yeah. We gotta start small. We just gotta get buy-in from a few places. We figured out. I think we figured out a plastics mm -hmm. route, yeah. oh, which is a big deal. We have something, and it, it is cost-effective. Yeah. The the biggest challenge too at the end is after figuring all that out is how do you finance this? How do you how do you put it out? So I know that mm -hmm. you've decided to go through the Kickstarter route, and yep. and of course we want you to plug that Kickstarter when it's go when you think it's going out anyway. Not a problem. <laughs> and of course we'll make sure we 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 promote it too. But was it always going to be Kickstarter, or was it like hey we're going to pitch this oh, idea man. to some of the game companies? Um, how did you make that decision? <laughs> I think it was based off of like um, when I thought about publishing. I, you know, a lot of ignorance is based is where it's based out of. I and maybe a little bit of like I was looking like how much are the royalties for creating the game, and I was like five yeah. percent. I'm like, yeah, forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's launch our own. But I had no idea what we were getting into. Now that I look back, I'm like that doesn't sound so bad because <laughs> I'm not making any money and I'm pouring tons and tons of hours yeah. in this thing that yeah. I will never reclaim. 
But I think uh, I think for us it's right because you know because of everything that we're trying to tackle. If we weren't self-publishing, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be doing any of this. Did, did you try to reach out to any of the companies, or did you just, did you just decide to go straight to Kickstarter? Nope, we okay. didn't. We didn't. <laughs> so so one thing um, we, we Paul and I have talked to a lot of game designers. And I just want to stress this because people think, oh, I'm going to develop something and I'm going to be super rich. I can quit my job. <laughs> And then I'm going to be a billionaire. Not true, okay? A lot of the game designers that we've talked to still keep on to their full-time job because they got to, you know, have health care and put food on the table. So, Justin, tell us a little bit of what you're doing and the demands, the hours that you have put in. And you got to schlep, right? You're coming here today. Coming here today to to push this game. So talk about a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, so I work full-time in the medical medical field. Um, I... I work a lot of hours, and so it, it it's taken a personal toll, hundred yeah. percent. Um, any given moment, you know, it's probably taken a toll on my partner. It, it's just it's exhausting, and I don't have a, a ton to show for it right now. So I think bottom line, you really have to know what you're doing and why you're doing it, and really believe in your cause. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, you will burn out, and unless if you're just sitting on tons of money. Um, but it's also important to remember too that. Um, that if you're launching a game, you're also kind of launching a business. And you can't forget about the fact that just an infusion of cash doesn't equal a business. You still need to build it up the right way and it needs to like grow its own feet and walk at some point. So, um, I don't know if I answered your question. No, 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 (laughs) that's good. Uh, um, When are we gonna see this on uh, Kickstarter? What's your plan here? Yeah, so what we're saying vaguely is spring 2022. (laughs) Okay. Because we want to make sure that our biomaterial stuff is is absolutely fleshed out and Mm -hmm. we can like guarantee a delivery date. The nice thing is that since we're doing it all in the, basically in everyone's backyard, Mm -hmm. um, I think when we have a date, we'll be able to say, you will get this game at this time. Cool. That's awesome. So we want we want to make sure that we're good on that. One thing um, mm-hmm. we see that we have a lot of international demand, and so that's the other piece is that we must make sure that we know how we're going to get these games to people yeah. um, before we mm-hmm. you know start collecting orders. So, yeah. um, but we're very ho- we're optimistic that we will be able to launch. And again, we're all hustling. Mm-hmm. That that that's you know if we have one talent, it's not that we're avid gamers or that I think we're brilliant, but I think I think as a team we know how to hustle. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, Justin, we think you're brilliant. We, we think you're doing a good job. Do you have a website you want to share with us? Yeah. How do we contact you? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so we're most of our activity is actually on Instagram. Just look up Biome Game. It's also connected to our Facebook. I've been doing some of my material science stuff on TikTok, um, just posting little videos. It's just it's early on, so don't don't be impressed by it or anything yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, hopefully, if, I, if if I'm impressive, then you know you know I've got a videographer. Um, <laughs> But uh, our website is biome3dgame.com. I, we love to call it Biome Game, but we couldn't get that. <laughs> and whoever yeah. you are, you give that website to yeah. Justin here. Justin, yep. thanks so much. Thank we you. hope we wish you success. We hope you, you don't so take any more sad showers anymore. Yeah. Um, we're looking forward to this. Thank you for coming yeah. on our show. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you guys so much. Yay. Appreciate it. Talking to Justin was great. I love this game. Um, I love Playtest Northwest. Um, visit their websites. Maybe mm-hmm. Playtest games there. Go back and listen to our, our um, Dragonflight interview with Nicole from Playtest Northwest. And you can learn all about it. It was, it was super fun. This game looks like it's pretty well done, too. Yeah, the it's, art it's, was it's, really good. Yeah, and it's, it's super close. 
Yeah, he's super. He's really smart. It was that was a really enjoyable conversation. It's uh, one of the reasons why we will never make a game because we're not, we're not as smart. smart. Yeah, no, we're not smart. No. Yeah, we do this. Why can't we make a right. game for people who aren't so smart? We, we should be able that. to do that, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to invent huh. slapjack. <laughs> There you go. That sounds dirty. <laughs> We're going to kickstart it yes. next week. There's a deck of 52 cards. It's going to cost $100. <laughs> Too bad we have no idea how to get on Kickstarter. <laughs> we should ask some of these people that we talk to that have done Kickstarter. Haven't we done that in the past? We've talked to them, but we haven't asked them how to do it. Okay. I guess maybe that's true. I think that's too right. much. Let's not do that. Yeah, it's not. It's too complicated. Too much work. All right. Well, I think that's it. Do we have anything else to talk about? I don't think we really have anything else to talk about because um, things are slow right now. Yeah. We've got some projects, though, that some your Geeks of Cascadia hosts here might be doing. We might expand some stuff in the maybe, near future. Maybe. Uh, we'll try to... Uh... For example, you and I had what? an idea prior to starting tonight. What, oh what no! We, what no, we're not going to talk about that because oh. we don't want to. Yeah, we don't want to. You know. I thought it was a real. Uh, no, no, no! It's an experimental phase. We don't want to talk about it. Okay, so I think that's about it. So with that, embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that saving throw. Cascadia Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon.